we could hear footsteps like someone wearing heavy boots walking on the floor above us. And the steps were coming towards us. I'm Tom Stewart, and this is my paranormal story. Before I start this episode, I want to thank you for listening. This podcast only exists because of supporters like you. But unfortunately, podcasts do cost money. So I'm hoping you'll show your support by visiting my website, myparanormalstory.com, and clicking on the donate button. Every little bit helps keep us on the air. Thank you so much for your support. I've mentioned this before, but I spent a lot of my childhood living two different lives. My parents divorced when I was around seven or eight years old, and I spent most of my time living with my mother growing up in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. But on most weekends, I would spend time at my father's house in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Now, the two cities aren't all that far apart, but for some reason, my lives in both places were quite different. I mean, I had different friends, different interests, and in a way, different personalities. I felt like more of an outcast at home in Pawtucket, but felt more confident and more liked by others in Woonsocket. And I suppose that in and of itself would make for an interesting story someday. But for this story, I wanna talk about one of the things that I was interested in, regardless of which city or personality I was living in. And that was my interest in ghosts. My father lived in a third floor apartment of a large house in a nice section of the city. It had a huge driveway and a huge yard. And the family who owned the house on the first floor were always very friendly and welcoming to me. I mean, they had five kids of their own. And one of them was a boy my age named Andy. And we became pretty good friends. And I've mentioned him in other stories here on the podcast. And whenever I was in Woonsocket, he was basically my partner in crime. We loved exploring and adventure. And I was reminded of one of the places that we explored the other day when Andy reached out to me on Facebook. Now, we hadn't spoken in many years. I suppose if social media had been around when we were young adults, we would have stayed in touch. But nonetheless, he discovered me and shot me a message, and we ended up reminiscing for a while about the fun times and things that we did as kids. And one of our favorite things to do back then was to make crank calls to people. We didn't have the internet back then, so we had to amuse ourselves in other ways. And this was before cell phones, before caller ID. Back then, you could call pretty much anyone, and they'd have no idea who you were or where you were calling from. And you could play practical jokes over the phone, hang up and then laugh and laugh. And Bart Simpson would have been proud of us. But for us, making the crank call and laughing about it wasn't enough. We needed to record those phone calls. We wanted to be able to play them over and over again. So one day while we were at the mall, we found a device at Radio Shack. Yeah, I'm definitely dating myself here. But this device was a wire that had a suction cup on the end of it that you would stick to your phone's receiver 
and then you would plug the other end into a tape recorder. And it allowed you to record your voice and the other person's voice on the phone onto a cassette tape. Now, parents who are listening right now, you're probably going to have to explain a lot of those things to your kids that are listening. But in any case, uh, we would make crank calls, record them on cassette tapes, and we eventually amassed a bunch of tapes that we would play for our friends just for laughs. You might remember uh, the Jerky Boys made a fortune doing this. If only we had thought to mass produce and sell our crank call tapes. Well, for some reason, Andy had saved a bunch of these cassette tapes. He found them while cleaning out some old boxes. And while he was going through those cassette tapes, he found one that wasn't about crank calls. It was something different. Across the street from the house, there was an abandoned school. For the 10 years or so that I would spend weekends at my father's place, this school never had anyone or anything in it. It was just a big, empty brick building. At one time, it was a fully operating Catholic school, right next door to a church and a rectory. And the church was still open at the time, and some of the priests still stayed at the rectory. But I had no idea why the school ever closed. The building was in good shape. It was a brick building with fairly new windows and doors, and the parking lot and landscaping were still neat and cared for. Occasionally, they would use the school for things like Boy Scout meetings and other recreational stuff. I know this because Andy was a Boy Scout, and he would often go to meetings right across the street in the school. And he was also an altar boy for a while, so he knew the priests well, and occasionally they would let Andy and I into the school to play ping pong where the Boy Scouts held their meetings. They would meet in one of the classrooms on the bottom floor. And it was one of the only rooms that still had tables and chairs in it. And the classroom next door had a ping pong table and some old couches and stools where the kids could hang out for a while after meetings. But the rest of the school was pretty much empty. And to this day, I still don't know why. But like most empty buildings, there was an urban legend. And this one was of a janitor who died in the school. He had a heart attack one night while cleaning. A teacher found him in the morning before the start of classes. And some say his spirit still haunts the hallways of the school. Now that's my kind of story. Supposedly one night, a bunch of kids broke a window and snuck into the school, you know, looking to cause trouble. But soon after breaking in, the kids were seen running out the side door screaming. They later told police that a man with a broom had chased them out of the school. Seems like a silly story, but it was one that young me really loved. And I would tell it often whenever we would sneak into the school. Like I said, Andy and I loved adventure, and sneaking into places that we weren't supposed to be in was one of our favorite things to do. And one of the ways we would sneak into the school was Andy would sneak off during one of his Boy Scout meetings 
and go into one of the empty classrooms on the basement floor and unlock one of the windows. Sometimes we'd even bring friends with us, especially the easy-to-scare girls. Andy would climb through the window and then come to the side door and let us in. And for a few hours at night, we'd tell each other ghost stories or play games like hide-and-seek. It was pretty dark in the school, but we didn't dare turn on any lights. The streetlights shining in through the windows were just enough so that we could see where we were going inside the building. During games of hide-and-seek, we would take turns, one of us counting, while the others run off and hide. The school had three floors and lots of empty classrooms, offices, bathrooms, and closets. And being so empty, every step you took, every laugh you made, every sound would echo throughout the building. So you had to be especially careful not to make too much noise so you didn't get caught in the game or by the police. One night there was four of us playing hide-and-seek. Jenny was counting while the rest of us ran off to hide. I tiptoed up to the second floor and went into the boys' bathroom. I pushed open the door slowly, but it still made a creaking sound that I hoped didn't give me away. I slipped into the third stall at the end and quietly closed the door behind me. And then I stepped up onto the toilet seat so no one could see my feet under the stall. And I just crouched there, trying not to slip and end up with my foot in toilet water. I could hear Andy and Debbie scampering around looking for places to hide as well. And then eventually everything went quiet until I could hear Jenny coming up the stairs looking for us. It sounded like she went up to the third floor. I could hear her footsteps on the stairs and then overhead. So I just hunkered down in my hiding spot and waited. Suddenly I heard a creaking sound. Is that the bathroom door opening? It can't be. I, I, I didn't hear anyone walking in the hallway. It sounded as if someone had come into the bathroom with me. I tried looking through the cracks of the stall. I couldn't see anyone. Just as I thought it was my imagination, I heard someone turn on the faucet to the sink. Water was rushing out. I jumped off the toilet and popped out of the stall thinking I must be caught. But there was no one there. It was just me in the empty bathroom with the water running. I ran out into the hallway confused, and just then Jenny came running down the stairs and yelled, Got you! Hide-and-seek was always a little spooky in that school, to say the least. And usually it would end with some of us, or most of us, being too freaked out to play anymore, and then leaving. And this particular night, we couldn't get out of there fast enough. The four of us were back on the first floor, deciding whether or not to play one more round, when we all heard the footsteps on the floor above us. 
they were heavy footsteps, like someone wearing boots, coming towards us down the stairs. Someone must know we're in here. Is it one of the priests? Maybe it's the police. We stood there not knowing what to do. Then Andy quietly whispered, come this way. So we followed him through one of the classrooms that connected to another classroom and then out into the hallway towards the other end of the building. We shuffled along as quietly as we could, hoping we'd be able to make it to the side door before anyone found us. All of a sudden, there was this loud bang. Someone had just slammed the door that we were heading towards. And the heavy footsteps were getting louder and faster. We turned around, headed back into the classroom, and I could see Andy contemplating what to do next. How do we get out of this? He turned towards the windows and said, we're gonna have to crawl out of here. He pulled one of the windows down and we helped the girls crawl out first and then I wriggled my way through out into the parking lot with Andy close behind me. Before running off, he reached in to close the window as much as he could from the outside to try and cover up our escape. And then the four of us rushed off through the bushes into some neighboring yards and out of sight. That night of hide and seek was probably the spookiest night we ever had in that old school. But there was one other time that Andy and I spent some time in the school that was pretty interesting. We used to always like camping out in interesting places. Many times we'd set up a tent in the backyard or we'd crash in some sleeping bags in our treehouse out in the woods. You know, we'd bring our boombox and play music all night and eat junk food, drink soda, and just stay up talking all night about whatever, sports, video games, until we fell asleep. And I loved it because I really didn't have any close friends like that back home in Pawtucket. And one time, Andy convinced the priests to let us spend the night in the school. I mean, they trusted him. They knew he wouldn't do anything bad in there. So we got to set up a couple of sleeping bags in the meeting room. And we ended up just playing ping pong all night. We had the boombox blasting Motley Crue and Van Halen. And a few times we turned off the music and walked around the school to investigate noises we heard. We'd bring our flashlights and walk around looking for ghosts and monsters. But one of us had a great idea, and it was probably Andy. He was the idea man. We brought our little cassette recorder with us, you know, the one we used to record our crank calls. We plugged a microphone into it and set it up in the hallway outside of the room we were sleeping in. And right before falling asleep, we pressed record, hoping that maybe we'd get lucky and hear something like a door slam or some footsteps. And who knows? maybe even a voice. And the next day when we listened to the tape, towards the end of the recording, that was when we heard something pretty strange, something we weren't expecting to hear, and something I'm still not exactly sure what it is. It sounded to us like someone sweeping the floors right next to the microphone. 
Like maybe a janitor? And like I mentioned, Andy found that special tape in the box of old tapes. It was even marked school janitor with a big question mark next to it. And he digitally uploaded all of these cassette tapes. And guess what? He emailed them to me. So you tell me, does this audio sound like someone sweeping a school hallway in the middle of the night? My Paranormal Story is written, produced, and narrated by me, Tom Stewart. Music from this episode, courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. If you enjoy my stories and would like to support the podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash myparanormal, or just click on the donate button on my website at myparanormalstory.com. I also have t-shirts and coffee mugs for sale. Unfortunately, Podcasts cost money, and your support helps me keep this podcast running. So thank you for your support. Please don't forget to subscribe so you'll know when I've added new episodes. And feel free to follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for My Paranormal Story. If you have a podcast and you'd like to have me as a guest, or if you'd like to ask me a question or tell me your paranormal story, you can email me at myparanormalstorypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Tom Stewart, and this is my paranormal story.